The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite esports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Retro King Wassenaar. I'm a free agent head coach and analyst, as well as a contributor at Slingshot Esports. And welcome to week six of the EU LCS Guest the Lions podcast presented by Slingshot Esports. It has been an interesting halfway point for the European season. I think some things have gone exactly as we expected. Uh, a lot of things have definitely changed themselves up over the last couple of weeks. And we've got a lot to look at as we head into the second half of the split. And when I say we, I am, of course, referring to my good friend and co-host, Walter C80's Fedchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? You know, I'm not doing too good. Mm. I'm, uh, I'm disappointed in our fan base because on Friday, I was doing our live tweeting. And where giant. was that live tweeting, Walter? <laughs> that live tweeting was on a at Rough Drafts Pod. Don't worry, I was going to get to that because I'm disappointed in our fans because I was live tweeting all through, you know, all through on Friday in that Giants Fanatic series. And man, I had some awesome Knight Rider tweets. <laughs> I had some great ones and nobody liked them. Nobody retweeted them, uh, which just tells me that our, our listeners don't actually follow the Twitter. And you're just not going to get any Lions guests from me until every single one of you stop. Go follow the Twitter account. Go back, search for all of those tweets, and then favorite and retweet them. Uh, so you're going to do that right now, and I'm going to wait like 72 hours before I actually do anything with this podcast. So there you go. That's the podcast. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at C80s underscore LOL. Chase, give them your Twitter. And then, uh, uh, I guess I'm doing a one-man pod because I give the people what they want. I, don't, I do not ask what What about people what I can, want? How about – you know what, Walter? I do not ask what the people can do for me. I ask what I can do for the people. And what I can do for the people is try to make them some money. Though, honestly, we haven't really been great at that recently, thanks to the magical power of us, uh, the whole best of two situation. We can only bet on individual maps. So we got Giants plus 110 over Rockhead on blue side. Go team on that. Uh, however, we lost Unicorns of Love over Splice because we had them winning on blue side instead of red, where they did win. And we had Origin over H2K, which we lost because we bet on blue side instead of red. So instead of coming in with three big winners when we predicted this to be a 1-1 you know, split in those series, we come out with one winner, two losers, uh, loss of $90 overall, though we still have a $250 profit on the season. Even this slump cannot put us uh, as low as Rocket has gotten in recent weeks. So we've got that going for us at least. That, that was some low-hanging fruit. Yeah. That was some low-hanging fruit. Yeah, but I so is Rocket. So it's fine. Oh, oh, look, damn, I just gave you a softball. I gotta, you look, at some point you either laugh or cry, and I'm choosing to <laughs> laugh about this Rocket split. That's just how this has to go. But we're going to move on to some of the actual games this week. Uh, it starts with Fnatic versus Vitality. Walter, we got to start with Vitality. How do they look with Shook in the roster? What were your feelings from them after this week? They look aight. They look all right. I mean, they're it's still Vitality, and they still refuse to actually play to their win conditions and their strengths. So I don't think changing to Shook really, uh, really does anything. The the only thing it really changed, I guess, was that there's definitely some more synergy between Shook and Cabochard and Shook and Nuketuck than there was between Mighty Bear and either of them. Um, but that's just because they played together for like a full split and they had, you know, the playoffs that they played together and they had all that practice time. And I, They look okay. Europe as a whole looks okay. It's not great. It's like mediocre. It's whatever. They won a game and 
I felt better about not gambling on them winning all of them or losing all of them because it, it, Europe at this point is just sort of turned into, let's just flip a coin and see what happens. If any of you watch the league, the coin would win this league. Just so you all know, the coin would actually win this thing. So I, I don't know. They looked okay. Shook. Looked okay. That's all I have to say about Vitality. They're okay. See, okay? I, I'm not even sure they're okay. I don't think they're good. I, I mean, right now they're sitting at tied for eighth in the standings with Orihan. And they got 2-0'd by Splice this week. And I think Splice is a good team. I'm not saying that it's, that it's a bad team to get 2-0'd by. But when you look at how the middle of the pack has really stepped up, Giants got went 4-0 last week. Splice has gotten that, you know, got a 2-0 here. Schalke has been taking games off of good teams and is still managing to keep themselves relevant in that middle of the pack spot. H2K... We'll get to in a bit, but you know they're still solidified ahead of a team like Vitality. Shook needed to be more than just okay. He needed to be a step forward for this team, and I didn't feel like he was. I felt like Trashy outplayed him for the majority of that series, and I felt like in their series against Schalke that you know when Gilius played the way Gilius can play. Vitality didn't stand much of a chance, and you know when we talk about win conditions for this team. I don't know what their win condition is supposed to be anymore. I mean, Cabochard is the guy you would think it would be. They gave him the first pick Olaf uh, when their first game against Splice, but it didn't go anywhere. They didn't really allow that to be any significant part of the game. And when you look at the second game, he got crushed. Wonder just smashed him on that Aurelia. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's consistent enough anymore. I certainly don't think Nuke Duck's consistent enough anymore. I don't think police is doing anything to inspire any confidence. I just, I, I wouldn't call them okay. I'd say they're bad. I'd say they're a poor team. But, you know, I, I'd say that about anyone right now sitting on the outside looking into the playoffs. I don't think they're any necessarily worse than, you know, a Unicorns of Love or Origin, but... That, that's the problem with Europe is outside of like G2 and maybe Fnatic and then Rocket at the bottom, the rest of these teams are all kind of like, I don't know who to pick. I don't know who's the best out of you. I don't know which way to go. Like, that's just what's happened the last couple weeks is none of these teams have done anything to really, you know, differentiate themselves, to make us go, yeah, that's the third best team in Europe. And, you know, we've seen H2K fall apart. We've seen Schalke at times look like they were going to take that step and move into that upper echelon and then fall apart. We've seen Splice do the same thing. We've seen now Giants do it this week. So mm. I, I don't trust any team in Europe, and it's just become this really reoccurring theme with me. Personally, when I talk to people about Europe, my, you know, you behind the scenes, to other people just on Twitter, Europe is just screwed. None of these teams look like anything that's going to be able to compete at Worlds. And that's just very disappointing because we had such high hopes for some of these rosters, especially the top three in the standings right now, um, and even the improvements that some of these other teams made. And it's just been a season of disappointment in Europe. And hopefully, as we get on the second half of the split, someone can do something to make me go, okay, that's a team I can get behind. That's a team I can watch and I feel good about. Well, the team that was looking poised to be that team was Fnatic. And funnily enough, it looked like we were poised to go back to our traditional everybody beats everybody and then Fnatic wins. But instead, we got everybody beats everybody and then Giants 2-0 Fnatic. I, what happened, Walter? Is, is this an aberration or is this a concern moving forward? I, again, it's just the inconsistency across Europe uh, as a whole. I think Giants just played phenomenally well and they really took advantage of of the weaknesses that Fnatic shows uh, with Yellow Star and even with Gamsu, like Smitty J, you in pre-call you were kind of bemoaning Smitty J, but he looked pretty good. And Knight and Maxwell really went after him with their ganks, and it showed in the playstyle that Giants was just, you know, controlling everything. They were really dictating how the game was going to go. They really shut down Spirit, which was the most awe-dropping thing I've seen out of. Any other jungler in Europe, I think, right now is that Maxler actually shut down Spirit and really took it to him. And I think it's just Spirit didn't pick very good champions for himself. I don't think the Elise or Olaf are really Spirit-style champions. And Giants did a very good job keeping him off of his high-impact champions, keeping him off the Nidalee, keeping him off the Rek'Sai. And uh, 
yeah, I'm. This is just a really worrying sign for me because Fabian and Reckless, even they're they're not playing poorly, but they're not they're not shining in the way that we thought they really were going to. They're just kind of middle of the pack right now. Well, this is when you start looking at what Hooney and Rainover were to this team last year, and what Hooney was more than anything else was a guy that demanded opponents' attention. You had to account for him. You had to figure out how you were going to deal with him. You had to build game plans around keeping him sustained because if Hooney went crazy, you could have huge problems with that team. Gamsu is like the exact opposite of that guy. I never have to worry about ganking that lane repeatedly or making sure that Gamsu is held in check because even a good Gamsu game isn't the kind of game-breaking, you know, over-the-top performance that's going to determine who wins or loses. And when you know that, then you start picking at some of these fanatic weaknesses because you start realizing, oh, well, if, they're, if games, getting games to ahead is not going to further fanatics win condition, where are they going to go instead? Well, they're tr- probably going to try to help Fabivin. So we could try to go there. And Maxlor did a very good job in both of those games, making sure they came after Fabivin over and over again. And when you have this kind of, you know, one-note system, for lack of a better phrase, then in certain metas, when certain picks are no longer available to you, it can be a problem. And I just, to me, it comes down to spirit is still the guy who determines whether or not this team is able to win a game. If spirit is enough of a threat on his own to turn all of these 2v2s to get Fabivin so far ahead, to start soloing the enemy jungler and doing all these nice ganks, then Fnatic looks great. And there's a reason that Spirit has the second highest player of the game points of anyone in the league right now, because he has done that quite a bit. But when he doesn't, we know Gamsu isn't that guy, and all the pressure falls onto Fabivin getting ahead, and Reckless and Yellowstar getting ahead. And those things are just not happening as consistently as they used to. But of course, this was a team that was 12-4 and four going into last week, so maybe this is an overreaction, but... Certainly, it seems like teams were able to game plan against them here. Walter, all of this into account, where do you think the line is for this series? So, despite the sort of bump in the road that Fnatic had and the marginally successful week Vitality had reintroducing Shook, I think Fnatic are still favorites. I think they are still, you know, a top two team in Europe, especially with H2K struggling. So, I have Fnatic at minus 225. Okay, you get this one. You guessing low is going to help you this week. First of all, I love the fact that we're at the point with Vitality that when we go one and three, we say moderately successful for them. That's where you are, Vitality. Good job. Um, but this series, I said Fnatic minus 320. I think Vitality is terrible. I don't understand why we're going to give them credit against a Fnatic team that almost assuredly is going to have a rebound. Okay, but the problem is they're terrible, but you have to put it into the context of Europe. And terrible actually means mediocre. Eh, I, so, there, there's a gap between... There's context, but there's context here. There, there is a gap between you know G2, Fnatic, and everyone else. But you still have to realize, like, yeah, just because Vitality would be like the ninth best team in North America, you have to realize that... They're the ninth best team here! Well, like, if you break it down... I think there's a, the difference between you and I. They're tied for eighth. They're tied for eighth. Okay, yeah, you're right. Let's, let's remember that. They're tied for eighth with Orion. My bad. It's pretty much puts <laughs> both of them in ninth as well, for the record. But, le- but, I mean, the truth of the matter is, I think there's a big gap between Giants and Unicorns of Love right now. I think there are three tiers. Fnatic and G2 Tier 1. You know, H2K, Shalka, Splice, and Giants in Tier 2. Unicorns of Love, Origin, Vitality, and Rocket in Tier 3. When a Tier 1 team plays a Tier 3 team, why should the line be close? Because Kabashar to Duke Duck and Kossing. Neither of which is look good. Kossing's okay, but he's got... Whatever. The moral of the story is, I guess minus 320. It's actually minus 192. I dis- Wait, what? I disagree with that line so strongly. You, okay, that's, that's really low. You were within that's, 30 that's, points. Why are you complaining? <laughs> that shouldn't have been under minus 200, though. It's the same argument you made, man. Apparently, there's no difference between a good team and a bad team. If that's it's the Europe. argument. It's Europe. The lines are made up and the games don't matter. God. Welcome to Tyus. I just want to point out that we can get Fnatic to 2-0 this series at plus 131. Throwing oh, that out there. Oh, uh, Are you sure you trust Fnatic? I don't trust Vitality. <laughs>
Like, this just feels like a very, like, Vitality's going to win one or two games this week. It's going to be against Fnatic. We are, uh, we are going off rails quickly here. We got to move on. I, I'm not, I don't want to spend this much time on Vitality anymore. Origin versus Unicorns of Love. This is uh, two teams that are in that bottom tier that I placed them in. Do you see a difference maker in this series? Is there anything you're looking for that might solidify one of these teams as being head and shoulders above the other? Peke. As, as like awful as that sounds, Peke has been the difference maker, honestly. When he's, when he's playing marginally well as an AD carry, you know, Origin looks pretty good because Amazing and Soaz are really uh, stepping up and they're really... You know, they're very uh, in, in lock, in step, in sync, whatever adjectives you want to use. They're playing very well together as a duo. Um, not necessarily individually when they're trying to make individual decision makings, but they've been doing very well uh, comboing together and you know going across the map. And so as Shen was pretty good in the series against HGK, um, that global pressure really helps them out a lot. And it helps that you know Power of Evil is not good. We've, we've realized this. He's not a good mid laner, and, and they're sort of just suffering here. So it comes down to the AD carry position, and Peke, in games that he has performed and that he stepped up and that he's done his job, in terms of their composition, they've done fairly well. In games that he hasn't, I mean, he's, he's not double lift. You can't just throw him on Lucian and you know, know that he's going to make plays. He's not an AD carry by trade, so you really have to put him in positions to succeed. And when he has been moderately successful, Origin has... has air quotes, thrived, I guess. I mean, they've, they've played better than, you know, they looked at the beginning of the split. So I think it's going to just kind of come down to this sort of utility AD carry matchup between Veritas and, and Peke and who's able to influence the game more, which, oh my God, I can't believe I just said a series comes down to a battle between Peke and Veritas. We have, wow. That's the world we live in. And, and here's, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news for you. Um, if you're an Origin fan and you're counting on X Peke to be the difference maker, I should point out that he has the third lowest KDA amongst all active players in the league right now. He has a 2.2 KDA. Only Airwalks and Exile are worse. So that's not a guy you want to be the decisive playmaker for your team. On the other hand, this is Veritas. If you just look across the board... You know, wherever X Peke goes, Veritas is is sure to be just barely above kill participation. They're the bottom two. Uh, KDA, they're the bottom two. Uh, CS differential at ten minutes. Both of them are almost as bad as Sonestar, but they're the, within the bottom four. It's not good. These are not good players. And at the end of the day. The difference is going to be that when X Peke stays alive, at least he does damage. He has the third highest damage permitted of all AD carries right now. So at least he knows how to throw down his abilities and get some fight in for his team. Whereas Veritas is ahead of only Freeze and Police in terms of damage per minute. He has really been struggling to be that kind of guy in fights. And so if, any, if ever there was a week where you could get away with X Peke at AD carry, I do agree with you that this would be it. But man, oh man, what does that say about the Unicorns of Love season? That that's that's the argument to be made. Is that this team won't punish X Peke as an AD carry? Not a whole lot, in all honesty. I I think that Chachi can have some success against uh, Soaz, just individually. Yeah. Just try and try and limit the amount of global impact that Soaz can have. Don't let him get shed. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really try to make this a one on one duel because Chachi is still shown he's one of the better laning top laners in Europe. So. I think that's kind of what they need to focus on is denying so as the Shen, denying them the Rek'Sai so they don't have a lot of this global presence and really make it about, you know, one-on-one laning phases. Because I think across the board, they're, they're pretty similar, if not a little bit better in the, in the top and mid lane. And yeah, I think Exile is a little bit better than Power of Evil at this point. Man, that is the saddest sense that I've heard on this podcast so far. And this is a podcast that spent a lot of time talking about vitality. Let's uh, let's just get to the line. Where do you think it ends up, Walter? I have Origin at minus one fifty. Okay, you and I split this one because I also said Origin minus one fifty. It is Origin minus one sixty four. It's entirely reasonable. Completely fair. Completely fair. So let's move on. Shulk versus H two K. I want to talk about 
the news that broke this week. Freeze made a Facebook statement apologizing for his play recently. He has claimed that he has a wrist injury that has been flaring up that has prevented him from practicing the way he wants and playing the way that he would like to. This is obviously something that, you know, it sucks to hear. We uh, never want to see injuries on the rift affecting any of these players. But, Walter, how does this affect H2K? Because if this is a chronic issue, if this injury isn't going away, surely it gives us a lot of reason to be concerned as they move forward. Well, I think part of it is that this sounds like this was the beginning of, re- of actually realizing there's something wrong. I do know to- I do remember that on Twitter he said some things about getting an MRI and he had to wait some time just because of the German healthcare system and yada, yada, yada. So it does seem like now they are looking at it and have an MRI and actually knows what is going on. And uh, and now he's going to start taking care of it. We have a lot of other players that have wrist issues. Bjergsen, high. I've even noticed Jensen has a, a wrist-type support uh, when you see him on screen when he's playing. So this is what's going to happen. This is now we're a real sport, essentially. And in real sports, guys wear knee braces. They wear back braces. They wear gloves. They wear you know splints. They tape up their fingers. They tape up their elbows. They wear pads. They do all these types of things. And now that we're really grinding this game and really trying to get really good at it, this is just going to become commonplace. And we're going to see a lot more people maybe take more time off on the offseason. Perhaps we'll see longer breaks. Um Perhaps we'll now see maybe teams start and going and really investing into, you know, substitute players so that when TSM plays against Phoenix One for chance, they don't have to waste a couple games and some time on Bjergsen's wrist or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen it happen over in CSGO when you have guys like Olaf and Guardian, players for Fnatic and Na'Vi respectively, that they missed tournaments because they were having these types of injuries and they missed, you know, two or three tournaments. So, um I just think players have to start paying attention, and when things start to hurt, they need to go you know, immediately get on top of it, go and make sure that they don't have carpal tunnel, make sure that there's no sort of ligament damage, and, and just start being smart um, inside the game and outside the game. It's one of those situations that immediately makes me think that we need to reevaluate the way that we handle injuries in league. There's a reason that traditional sports have things like injury reports and it's because it requires players to get treatment as quickly as possible it allows teams and uh, you know and other fans to be aware of what's going on and be able to take these things into account as as far as making game plans and everything else and and you could argue how much of this is necessary and obviously in this situation it doesn't seem like they knew much ahead of time but the last thing we want is for someone to get injured enough that we lose them for a career. And that's something where we got very close to that being the case with High. Certainly there are other players that we have seen in the past fall off for years before coming back. Toys comes to mind in that regard. But as sad as it is to see Freeze in the state, it does have to change the way we evaluate this team. Walter, when you take away the emotional side of it and, and just the, you know, how much it sucks to see this injury come through. How does this affect the way you evaluate H2K moving forward? I mean, it doesn't really affect it by much. They've still shown that they are they don't quite know what to do when they have a very hard carry uh, centered 80 carry, like a freeze or forgiven. Um, it, it seems like they still have some consistency issues when it comes to making decisions in game, when it comes to Yankos's. Uh, pathing, when it comes to ward control, when it comes to exactly what they're trying to do in a given circumstance inside of a game, sometimes they just out-talent their opponents, and, and you have these great games where H2K looks unstoppable, and even going back to the spring, and sometimes they, the talent's just not there, they're missing skill shots, and they don't win with their macro strategy, they don't win with their micro strategy. So it's very interesting to see how they uh, continue to evolve as a team and how they continue to integrate all these pieces. Um, if they don't make Worlds and they don't have a good showing at Worlds, I think that there are a couple other pieces that they might want to fix, they want, might want to move on from. I, I'm not sure Ryu or Oduwamne are really carry-style players anymore. I think they're good role players and they're great to supplement around a team, but that's almost this entire team with the, the one exception being Freeze. And Freeze, they're really putting on to more of a supplemental role. You're seeing a lot of ashes. You're seeing uh, the Draven does come out on occasion for him to carry, but it's Caitlyn, it's Ash. It's a lot of more utility because that's where AD carry is right now. 
And I just struggle seeing who on this team is supposed to be the hard carry unless they very definitively pick, you know, Draven for Freeze or LeBlanc for Ryu. Well, I'm going to argue with a couple of the points you made about Oduwamne. He has actually been a very nice presence on that team. He's got a 4.5 KDA. That puts him third amongst top laners. He has the second highest CS differential at 10 minutes amongst top laners behind only Vizichachi. And the guy is actually uh, third in the league amongst top laners who have played 10 or more games in terms of damage per minute. The guy has been a force for this team. I think he's done just about what you would want Kabashar to do in those situations. The, the problem for me really comes down to what they're supposed to do through their bot lane. Before, the bot lane had a very clear goal, and it was to supplement what the, you know, the big three were doing. And while Ryu, Yankos, and Oduwamne, every single one of them looks good across the board in stats, they are built nowadays to have someone clean up these fights. And they don't have that guy anymore because Freeze isn't playing like that guy. And if he's not going to be a hard carry guy because of the injuries, and he isn't able to clean up fights because that's just not the way that he's been playing some of these games, I don't know what he does for this team. Certainly, when they had a pure hard carry and forgiven last split, they looked a lot better up until the playoffs. Now they've gone to this whole team fighting strategy, and it just falls apart when your AD carry isn't there. And the problem is, since it's an injury, I'm not sure it's going to get better anymore. In fact, if anything, playing at the kind of regimen that these pro guys do, it might get worse. And if it gets too much worse, then H2K is going to have a problem. But this week they're doing it against uh, Schalke, a team that isn't necessarily known for having a beatdown style bot lane. Do you think that Schalke matches up well with where H2K is right now? Or do you think this could be a series that helps get H2K back on track? I think both teams feel very similar. They're playing rather sort of passive safe styles and trying to play around only one real strong carry. Uh, For Schalke, that's been Fox most of the time. Uh, Occasionally, Steve or Mr. Rawls will go off. And for H2K, it's primarily Ryu or Freeze, depending on their champion selection. Uh, they play very much, you know, for, I don't want to say for protect one style because these aren't, you know, protect the cog comp. It's very clear by just sort of their resource distributions and the way they move around the map that they're centering around this one person is our primary carry. There are one, if you want to use Dota lingo. It seems like these teams play with one, one, and then a bunch of fours and fives, guys that really aren't trying to make huge impacts on the map. They aren't trying to hard carry the game. They're really deferring to their primary carry. Um, so I think they match up well with each other in the fact of I think they both can beat each other. Um, I don't see this going 2-0 either way unless one team makes some sort of major strategic misplay or has some really great strategy for the other. But at the end of the day, this is what's happened to HGK. They've sort of fallen away from this top three, and now they're sort of settling into this, like you said earlier, the second tier of teams that are you know trying to qualify – you know, for these upper seeds in the playoffs and then even going to Worlds. Yeah, this series has a lot on the line, and I agree with you that I think that these teams are very similar to each other in design. I think Steve isn't necessarily as big of a hard carry as Oduwamne has been, but I think Fox has a bigger chance to turn a game around than Ryu does. Uh, Gilius is really going to be the difference maker for me in this series because a good Gilius is going to be enough to turn things around, and I do believe that Schalke has the superior bot lane given Freeze's injuries right now and the way he's been playing. But if Gilius has those consistency issues that were plaguing him last week, and it's something that he said in an interview, he can really tell how much he's struggling with that. You know, when you're dropping maps to Vitality and Unicorns of Love, you're not in a great place as a team. And this is their chance. They really need to step forward in that regard. Walter, where do you think the line is? I am punishing H2K for their lack of success recently. I have H2K at minus 185. Wow, you thought that was punishing them, huh? I thought I punished them a lot harder than that. I said minus 130. They're a point away in the standings. They're basically the same team build-wise. I don't see why H2K should be that big of a favorite. doesn't make any sense to me, but 
The casinos like the number you threw out there. It's actually minus one seventy nine. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't see name, the difference. Name brand, dude. Name brand. I guess so. Yeah, because Schalke, the biggest football, one of the bigger football clubs in Germany, doesn't have don't, any No, 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 no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reject that like Bismack Biombo. No, 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 no. You get out of here with that. They've done nothing in esports. You sit back down. Nope. That's nope. Get out of here with that weak shit. <laughs> nope. 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 Okay, moving forward. <laughs> Rocket versus Splice. Uh, this is another episode in uh, ways in which Chase's favorite teams continue to crush his dreams. Rocket got 2-0'd by Giants last week, which, I mean, obviously that puts him on par with Fnatic. So, you know, that's a good sign. And hey, we took a map off of H2K. So clearly, optimism, right? Is that what I'm supposed to feel right now? Or is, is Splice about to take all that away from me rather quickly? Oh, no, Splice is about to dumpster you kids. <laughs> you guys just look bad. Airwalks looks terrible. God, just just rock at before you replace him. Let him play Yorick. It's one time, one more time for me, please. I need a jungle Yorick game, please. My friends don't let me play him. Please, fly and rock at and everyone just just let him play Yorick once. It doesn't matter. You guys are probably not going anywhere just let him play york once it genuinely can't get worse i'm up for any and all possibilities airwalks has died 77 times in 20 games that leads the league by five deaths by the way second is Rays with 72 this team is terrible i i don't know why i do this to myself other than just sheer stubbornness and a belief that once you pick a team you're supposed to stick with them through thick and thin but man oh man oh man i just abandon hope all ye who enter here we'll talk about splice a little bit more later but for now i just want to get the line from you walter where do you think this ends up i have splice at minus 225 okay i get this one because i said splice at minus 220 and is splice minus 179 which i should also point out so what did the odds live 2 uh plus 143 i like those yeah, we'll talk about those. Those like might them. come into play. <laughs> oh, man. The spite bets have been working out well for me so far. Every time we've bet against Rockout, we've been correct to do so. So we're just going to... If they can't win games for me, they could at least win our fans some smart money. Uh, G2 versus Giants. This is an interesting one for me. Giants went 4-0 last week. Do you believe that this is a new era in Giants gaming? Or did they just happen to play Rockout and have Fnatic... I told you I spent all that Friday making Night Rider puns. Like, come on, <laughs> of course, of course, I'm on the I'm on the Giants and Night Hype train. Not for them to win Europe, not for them necessarily to even make it to Worlds. But yeah, I think they're probably like the sixth best team in Europe. I think they're up there with Splice and and, and Schalke. I think they've proven it. Sonstar has proven that he's not a liability. Um, for the most part, that he can hang around. Hustlin's done the same. Smitty J's done the same, and um. I think this summer's split, uh, this summer's Giants is actually Giants. Like, surprise! Look at this! An upgrade in the mid lane, the 80 carries playing better than normal? Like, huh, weird. It I'm is just am- waiting for, like, the support change. It is amazing that the formula seems to be working for them again. I don't know how this keeps happening, uh, but I'm not opposed to it. I mean, Knight has been incredible. He's got the second highest CS differential at 10 minutes amongst all mid laners. He's got a 3.3 KDA, which puts him at uh, fifth right now in the EU LCS. He's a good, good player. And he knows how to turn fights for his team and make the right kind of engages. And that's the thing that we were very worried about when we were previewing this team at the beginning of the season, back when neither of us had any faith in Giants gaming. He'd played forever winners, the challenger team. But at the same time, there was a lot of reason to believe that he didn't necessarily have the game sense to really pull off some of those plays. But now it seems like he does. It really does feel like he's emerged as a leader for this team. And he's giving Maxlor a very clear place to roam. Smitty J is doing just enough in his role. And Sonstar's also taken a step forward. He got a lot of crap at the beginning of the split, but, but he looks like an average AD carry right now. I don't have any problems with the way Sonstar's playing at this point. He's got a 4.6 KDA. That's more than enough for me. But Walter, they're going up against G2. Obviously, you know, when, when you beat Fnatic, there's some talk about 
how good your potential can really be. But G2 has just been more consistent so far this season. What does Giants need to do if they're going to upset the top team in the land? Well, Giants need to hope that whatever it was Venner Miffy said in an interview that they don't have to micromanage expect anymore. They have to hope that that's a lie and that was just bluster and that was just them trying to, you know, pump up their teammate. But I think they really need to stick to their plan because they're against, you know, again, this really strong, aggressive jungler. And they need to stick to that fanatic plan of go after the weak links, go after the top lane and expect and go after the jungler and really get in his face, go invade, get deep wards, contest all of his camps, really get on top of his blue buff, his red buff, like make it uncomfortable for Trick to operate because they were able to do that to Spirit. And I almost want to say Spirit is a little bit more aggressive than Trick. I feel like this split, Trick has definitely toned it back a little bit because they've been really trying to figure out how to get all these lands to mesh and expect is definitely not quite meshed into the team. But man, just go to that formula that worked so well against Fnatic. And I can't say that you're going to 2 OG2. I, I can't. I think that Perks and Zven are stronger than, than Fabivan and Reckless. Mm. Um, but you might be able to take a game off of them. You really might be able to catch them a little bit off guard. If you do some weird things with your invades and your ward placements and your jungle pathing, like, you guys stand a chance here. I just don't know how likely of a chance it really is. Well, this is the key for G2, and I think you made a great point about how they've backed off some of their overly aggressive tendencies from last split. They're still making plays across the map, but the key is they're not dying. Trick and Sven are the two highest KDAs in Europe, and it's not because they're not getting kills. They are. It's not because they're you know not getting a whole bunch of assists. It's because they've only died 26 times each. That's pretty incredible. That's averaging barely over one death a game over a 20-game season. That's really, really, really nice. And the thing about a team like Giants is that they do not overpower teams. The series that they have won, it is because they do a good job of exploiting openings that the enemy leaves for them. And with the exception of Perks, who's had a little bit of consistency issues at points within the season, G2 doesn't let those openings happen. It's just not a thing that they tend to do. So I have a lot of concerns for Giants in this series, but... To be fair, that says more about G2 in my mind than it does about Giants. Walter, where do you think the line is? I have the line G2 minus 300. Okay, you and I split this one as well, because I also said minus 300. G2 minus 263. I don't think I have anything wrong with that line. It's just nice to see Giants actually get a teeny bit of respect. Three weeks ago, that would have been plus 500, just to be clear. Yeah. Actually... That, that's that's a massive respect, honestly. Last week, Giants versus Fnatic. Fnatic was minus 526 favorites. I'll put it that way. That's how much Giants grew in, in these people's minds. But let's also be clear. They were 5-11 going into last week. They're 9-11 now. Whether that's sustainable or not is entirely dependent on how much trust you have in Knight and more particularly how much trust you have in the rest of the supporting cast to hold up. There's still a lot of time out there for Giants to either prove themselves or, or fall back down to earth. And it's going to be very interesting to see, given that when they lose, they lose really, really hard. But we're going to keep moving on to day two, which is going to be on Saturday this week, which is kind of exciting in its own way. Origin versus Vitality. Walter, this is obviously... Two teams that we put in the lower tier of the standings. They're actually tied right now in the standings. What is the difference maker when you look at this series? What sets these teams apart from each other? <laughs> Cop out. Peke versus Pol Police. Again, it, it's, it's what it's going to come down to. This is another 80 carry that, that's not really a punishing 80 carry for Vitality and Police. And if Origin can, can get around that, can play around that, can get Peke on some utility that they can make work and they can get some global pressure, um, that's massive. And again, it's the same win condition for Vitality as it is for Unicorns of Love. Take your top laner, deny them the Shen, deny them the global pressure, and go after them. Make this about laning. Because both of your laners, both of these mid laners for both Unicorns of Love and for Vitality are better than Soaz and Power of Heat. I, I will say that. I think that both of them 
across the board are better than Soaz and Power of Evil when it comes to 1v1 lane fighting straight up. The problem is Origin tries so hard to get out of these laning phases and get into this. We're going to start pulling you around the map and we're going to do the old school, fanatic, teleport, death bush, make you play out on the map. If I'm Vitality and if I'm Unicorns of Love, I'm trying to sustain this laning phase as long as I can so I can take advantage of what I perceive are weaker matchups. What I think of when I think of Cabo Shard or Vizichachi against Soaz, Cabo Shard and Vizichachi historically this past year, almost two years, if we go even way back to last year when Unicorns of Love were playing pretty well, they're better than Soaz, outright, 1v1. So... That's where I think you're really trying to attack, is try and stay in the laning phase as long as possible, and really try and exploit the, the solo lane matchups. And if you're Origin, it's get some utility, get some global pressure, and, and you know play your game, essentially. I do want to make a quick point about Power of Evil, because I feel like we've been very one-sided as we've analyzed him. He does right now deal the second most damage per minute of any player in the league. He does 729 damage per minute. Only Sven is higher at 730, and that's a negligible difference. The guy does a rather good job of getting resources. His earned gold per minute, his CS per minute. He's, he does his own. He is sustainable in a way that I would argue I'm not sure that Exile from Unicorns of Love particularly is. And Nuke Duck has been inconsistent enough that I'm not willing to just hand the lane over to Vitality in this matchup either. But yeah, I mean, that, you're right. I, I think that at the end of the day, the bot lane's a wash. It's going to come down to how you're able to really get these other lanes going and take advantage of the situations. Walter, where do you think the line is on this series? I have Vitality at minus 165. Okay. I get this one. I said Origin minus 130. It is a push. Both teams at minus 115. Which, to be fair, they have the exact same record. Why shouldn't it be? That's, that's fair, I guess. Yeah. I thought Vitality would get a little bit more of a bump because it's just Vitality, and for some reason they give Vitality a bump. But apparently not against Peke and Soaz. Yeah, it's, it's Origin. You gotta, if, the, if you're making the bump argument, I guess they both get bumped to the same still mediocre place. But also, in case this wasn't clear, guys, it's a push with two teams that are at the bottom of the standings. Stay away don't bet on it don't watch it don't don't do it to yourself guys just move on there's got to be better ways you could spend your day uh we're gonna move forward though uh, a couple quick I'll hits be it. yeah I, I mean i will too but i you know welcome to hosting a podcast this is again the sacrifices we make for the people we have to accept that they won't always laugh at our night rider jokes and we have to accept that we have to watch a lot of bad League of Legends in between the good ones. No, 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 damn it. You laugh. Those were funny. I, <laughs> I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to make Knight and Ryder work together in a way that wasn't sexual, okay? Okay, I worked really hard. It was like 10 minutes of me sitting here going, damn it, I want to make a David Hasselhoff Knight Rider joke, but I don't want sexual innuendo. What do I do? And then I made a goddamn kit joke afterwards. That was comedy gold. Okay? I am hurt. I am in pain. Clearly. Awesome. You're I clearly am not laughing right now as I'm saying this. I am sobbing. I know. It's, that's, I'm worried about this. I feel like we need to give you a break from the Twitter for a bit. I, I feel like uh, it's maybe it's getting too personal, too close to home. Um, we're going to move forward. Some quick hits. Unicorns of Love versus Fnatic. Is there any reason that you believe that Unicorns of Love will be able to make an impact here? Fnatic lost to Giants last week. It's possible. I don't know. Do you put Unicorns of Love and Giants on the same scale? No, I don't. But up is down, black is white. Ugh, I don't know what's going on in Europe. So there is a chance. Is it very likely? No. I have Fnatic minus 250. Okay, you get this one. Of course I get this one. Because there's a bigger chance than I thought there was. I said Fnatic minus 400. This team is terrible. I don't understand. It's Fnatic minus 303. So you are closer to the pin on that. Which is fine. I'm not taking Unicorns of Love at plus 220. No, no one is. Yeah. But now Unicorns of 
Buff fans are going to come back and be like, yeah, well, you know, we're doing better now. We aren't the worst team in the league. And I'm, yeah, you guys aren't the worst team in the league. You guys are mildly entertaining. And it's kind of fun to watch Move and Veritas be moderately successful. Like, that's actually kind of fun for me. I would like to like, point out that if we were going by record rather than this stupid point system because best of twos are dumb, Unicorns of Love would be tied with Rocket for worst in the league at 7-13. and 13. I just want to throw that out there. Not that I'm trying to drag no, you guys. No, no, because they've won more series. I, I find the point system stupid. I'm going to do an article about this at some point. But they won two series. Yeah, but they lost five straight up. They won two. It doesn't matter. It does. It kind of does, though. Why is a 2-0 so much more important than an 0-2 out of curiosity? Is it getting crushed just as bad as crushing a bad team? Like, they got crushed no, five times. That hasn't happened to Rocket. That hasn't yeah. happened to Origin. That hasn't happened to Vitality. Hey, they should have won two series. I, I, I disagree with the way the point system works on a, on a fundamental level. But that is it another time for another Because podcast. it's ties. We don't have this problem in North America where we decide who wins and who loses. Capitalism. Right. Free market. <laughs> Jeb <laughs> Bush, 2016. <laughs> oh, God, no. Please, no. Uh, you're going to make me try to defend ties if that's the angle you're going for. G2 versus Rockat. One of these teams is the best team in the league. The other is the worst. And guess what? Rockat isn't the better one. Where's the line? Can we just get, let's just get this done. G2 minus 500. Okay. We split it because I also said minus 500. I believe that's where it should be. It's actually minus 417. I don't, I don't get it. Who's taking Rockat at plus 290? Fly? Oh, wait. You can't gamble. Yeah, no. And even Fly at this point would be like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's such a shame. He went into the season with so much hype about these new Korean players. I, I still have it on Skype. He's like, man, if you're excited about Steelback, just wait till you see our Koreans. And I waited, and I've seen our Koreans, and I was right to be excited about Steelback. That's the way I'm going to phrase that. It's a hard knock life. We're going to move forward. Giants versus H2K. I'm not going to say this is the best series of the week, but I do think it's the most interesting to me. Because this is Giants with the opportunity to prove that last week wasn't a bluff and it's H2K having to prove that this slump is stoppable given Freeze's condition. Walter, with both of these forces in play, what are you most excited about with this series? I want more night because I want to make more Night Rider jokes. <laughs> no, I think I actually ran through any Night Rider joke that I could get since I've never actually watched the series. So... <laughs> There we go. I Nor, can't make any neither has our target audience. Why are you mad that they didn't get the jokes? It was like, it ended in 1986. Wait, I thought our target audience was Germans, and Germans love the Hoff. That's... Oh, crap, we're in the United States. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. He hasn't been, he hasn't actually been relevant since he was in that terrible SpongeBob movie. I don't know. Why are you we forgot the drunken cheeseburger video with him on the floor throwing everything <laughs> He's around. He's the alcoholic, yeah, no. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, night's fun. I'm actually more more excited, though, to watch Maxilor versus Yonkos. Maxilor looked really good in that series against Fnatic. And he's steadily improved over the course of the split. And honestly, I think junglers have the hardest and the longest time that it takes for them to adjust to professional play. Because jungling is so completely different when you're in a professional you know, 5v5 scenario than you are on ladder. So... Um, I'm really looking towards him. He's got another, you know, couple tough matchups this week going against Trick and now going against Yonkos, the first blood king. Yes, we are mandated to have to say that every single time we say his name. That's so, true. I mean, that, that's what I'm looking for. And I'm, I'm looking to see if, if Giants are for real. Because now I'm getting on the hype train here. Like, I'm actually getting aboard the night train here. And I have this bad, bad case of when I hop on hype trains they turn into sad trains very quickly. So Yeah, that's my concern because I've been trying to sell this to you for a while. And now that you're finally on board, I, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it. But I will say this. Uh, the sentence, I can't wait to see Max Lore this week, is the second most surprising sentence that we've uttered this week, I have to say. I think the most surprising one happened due to a certain team winning in North America. But this has been a weird week of League of Legends, is I guess what I'm trying to say. I, I personally, I can't wait to see how, you know, Smitty J handles Oduamne. Because this is going to be the thing that if Giants are going to make a, a threat in the playoffs, if they're going to be a team that 
has any chance of really messing with some of these higher tier teams, Smitty J has to hold his own against some of these top tier top laners. And I'm not sure if he's there yet. This is the test that'll really prove it to me. Because Oduamne is, in my opinion, one of the best top laners in the region. One absolutely deserving of all the respect and accolades that he's given. Why are you so boring? And talented. Talented is the part I care about. Boring. <laughs> I hate watching him lane. It is actually... There are some lanes... Like, you watch it as a Chachi, and you know there's always a chance that he can kill someone. Odo Omne is just like... It's a war of attrition. It's like yeah. watching Vitality last night. It's, it's, it's a nice chokehold. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. I was going to say, you didn't like watching Vitality last split. Why would you wa- like watching H2K this split? I 100% understand that. But... I only like watching the Draven games. Yeah, that hasn't been working out as well for Freeze as we might hope, though. Where do you think the line is on this, Walter? H2K minus 200. Okay, you get this one and with it the week. Congratulations, my man. I said H2K minus 180. It is H2K minus 192. So you get it by literally two points. Well played, sir. Well played. Hey, man, Europe's my bitch now. Clearly. You won North America their last week. Yeah, we've kind of switched recently. I used to have a stranglehold over Europe, and you were tying me or beating me in North America, and now we've kind of each gotten a better handle on the other region. I don't know how this happened. Because this is what's happened. Europe has all gotten closer together, so my low guesses make more sense, and North America is getting further and further apart. So all the long guesses make more sense. I guess so. We're going to go on to the final series of the week. I think this is the game of the week, as far as I'm concerned. Shulk versus Splice. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. two teams, middle of the bracket. One of them is going to come out of this series having taken a step forward in the minds of, of all these analysts. And, and one of them could really take a step back. Even a tie, I think we're going to learn a lot about both of these teams. What's the one thing you really want to see if from, from either of these teams? I want to see one of these teams 2-0 the other team in 20 minutes. So I go, there's my third team. There's a good team. They look like they're playing well. Only for next week me to bet against them in both series because that's just how Europe works. One team looks really good one week and looks terrible the next week. Um, in all serious, though, I'm just excited to watch both of them. I don't care who wins this series when it, when it comes down to it. I'm, I'm really excited to see the continued growth of both of these teams. I don't think... Either of them are really a threat to go to Worlds. I think H2K will figure it out. Or, God forbid, Origin, because somehow Peke and Soaz have to be at Worlds every year, except one. So I guess we'll see with that. Um, I just want to see their continued growth, because these two teams feel like, uh, when you look at sports like you know Utah Jazz, they look like uh, you know Indianapolis Colts, where it's just like... It's going to take them a few splits, a few seasons to really get in their groove, find the exact right players, have their young guys you know, come up, grow in experience enough that they're really going to be serious contenders. And I think this series is going to kind of tell us a little bit more about the future. It's going to tell us maybe more about spring split uh, than it's going to tell us anything about this split in terms of whether these teams are, are a threat to win Europe now. Um, but if we really see something, and in particular, I'm looking at Splice because their players across the board are younger and a little bit more experienced. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to the future. When I watch Fnatic and I watch Origin and I watch uh, H2K, I, I see a lot of veterans. I see a lot of players I've seen a lot of. And like I said, it's boring to watch Odoombe. It's just like Vitality last split. It's boring to kind of watch the same thing over and over. I really want to see some fresh blood come out and contest you know g2 and really have some exciting series where we're going to see these young players that weren't haven't been around since season three that haven't been around since season two or one because at some point soaz and peke even cabochard and nuke duck they're all going to retire and from what i've been seeing of the challenger series in europe there's not a whole lot there and it really worries me for the long-term sort of success of the region and the fact that so many teams felt the need to go out and get B and C tier Koreans instead of staying within Europe and looking for talent there. I need to see some of these young guys that teams have taken chances on really grow and really make their mark. And these two teams here seem the most poised 
for success long term. And I don't think anything, I don't think them not making Worlds is split. I don't think them not making the finals is split. I think these organizations and these players realize that it is a, a marathon and it's not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And this is really definitive of where they're going to go through the rest of the split, into the playoffs, and then into either Worlds or coming back next spring. So I really want to see some major growth out of these players, uh, in particular, Sencox, because yes. he was the one that we labeled at the beginning of spring the next guy. He's the guy. He's the Roman Reigns. He's the guy. <laughs> and instead, we got Seth Rollins, and that was pretty freaking cool. Like, I enjoyed having Seth Rollins as champion in perks. That was pretty awesome, but... At some point, Seth Rollins did get injured, and Roman Reigns had to carry the belt for a while. So I'm ready for my Roman Reigns. I'm ready for you, Senkux. The next big Danish mid laner. Let's do it. You'll be on TSM in two years, I promise. He's got some things to figure out before we put him in that category. He does have the fourth highest KDA amongst mid laners, but his kill participation is abysmal. Only Exile and Perks have a lower kill participation numbers. And when you look at Perks, it's mostly because... He has so many other players on his team getting kills across the map. Uh, his CS differential at 10 minutes is the worst in the league amongst mid laners. That's a problem. He needs to figure out how to lane. He needs to figure out how to do damage, by the way, because he also has the lowest damage per minute of any mid laner. I don't think Senkux is going to be the guy. I've given up on that idea. But what I do love about Splice, and it's the same thing I love about Schalke, by the way, is that both of these teams are teams that said, we're going to make... One small upgrade and run the rest of it back. And with Splice, that involved getting Mikey, who does die a lot. He's died 70 times, third most in the EU LCS. But he has set Kabi up in a position to make plays. And they have been able to play around the trifecta of Trashy, Kabi, and Wonder. And it doesn't matter that Senkux hasn't been the guy. He doesn't need to be the guy the way this roster is built. He needs to do enough to take advantage of Trashy ganks. He needs to do enough to be able to help out in team fights, but he can play more utility mid laners and let Kabi, Trashy, and Wonder really do the damage for this team. And meanwhile, with Shulk, you're looking at a team that now has that guy in Fox that has been such a consistent, solid mid laner that has been doing more than his fair share across the team. Steve, I think, has really taken a step forward as well. I like the kind of champions that he's playing nowadays. He seems a lot more comfortable in... Roles of being able to, you know, do some damage while still having a bit of utility. He's he's not a full carry by any means, but he has some champions in which he can carry while still having the utility that he's been known for. And honestly, you know, it's it's Gilius that is the thing about Shalka that's going to decide their fate. He needs to figure out which version of Gilius he's going to be, because if Gilius ever plays. The God Gilius style that we've mentioned before on this podcast and does it on a week-by-week basis, this team is terrifying. And if ever there was a chance to step up, it's going to be against Trashy, who I believe has taken a step forward as well. There's just a lot of storylines here. There's a lot of stuff to dig into. It's an analyst stream. I can't wait to watch this series. Walter, where do you put the line? I have the line. Shulk minus 150. Okay. We are both wrong because we both had Schalk as the favorites. It is Splice at minus 118 with Schalk at minus 111, which means we have another stay away. Except this time, watch this one. This one is absolutely worth your time and energy. There's just no need to bet on it. Oh, you better be watching this one. You oh. better be watching this one. And with the format changes, there's a chance this one might run into accidentally any North American broadcast. I haven't seen the times yet, but skip any North American broadcast to finish watching this series because it's going to be a doozy. This one's going to be fun. I genuinely I like can't it. wait. Let's, uh, let's get some smart money bets done, man. We need to turn things around. Can we go with our Splice 2 zeroing uh broadcast? Rockout? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can we go with Fnatic 2 zeroing Vitality? Uh, yeah. So those odds, just as a reminder, it's Splice plus 143 to take the two over Rawcat. It is Fnatic plus 131 to get the two over Vitality. We need one more bet, Walter. I say we get a solo map here. We need one. What's looking think, good to you? I think Shulk, blue side against H2K. That was my first idea. 
Do we feel better about Giants? It's slightly better odds, Blue said, against H2K. No, I feel better about Shaw. I think Steve matches up against Odawamne better than Smitty J. Okay. That's uh, that's absolutely fine for me. Uh, so that is, just one more time, Splice plus 143, 2-0 over Rocket. Fnatic plus 131 to get the 2-0 over Vitality. Schalke plus 135 to take Blue Side over H2K. And that has been a podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to catch all of our Guest Alliance episodes, be sure to stay tuned to SlingshotEsports.com. They are proud presenters of this podcast. They have so much wonderful content for you guys to digest and enjoy. It's a company that we've loved uh, working with. It's a company that we've loved working with. I did some interviews for them uh, from the E-League last week. If you guys haven't checked them out yet, you totally should. Uh, and there's just so much great content out there that you should check out. You should also make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you go to soundcloud.com slash esports rough drafts or search rough drafts on the podcast section on iTunes, you can subscribe on both of those places. You can even leave a review, which is very nice for us. We, it really helps with the algorithms and we love getting feedback from you guys. Of course, you should follow us on social media as well. Walter has already told you guys all about our at rough drafts pod live tweeting and all of the Knight Rider jokes that you guys missed last week. But we also have our own personal accounts. I'm at RedshirtKing on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? I am at C80s, LOL. And you should come back tomorrow where we're going to talk about the North American LCS and do our guest alliance there. So until then, goodbye, Internet.